Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Tim Murray is, of course, the host of VSIN Primetime. You can hear it weeknights from 6 until 9 Eastern. He's also the host of VSIN's College Football Betting Podcast. Tim, we'll get to the fine young men uh, of Oregon State in just a moment, but let's kind of go back to last week. With week three, was there any kind of takeaway for you? Because it did feel like for a certain level, it was just kind of another week that happened. Um, Biggest, yeah, it was, it was not a real you know, thrilling week. I, I would say, you know, I think Washington has the potential to be a, 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 a legit contender based off of their schedule uh, to make it to the Pac-12 championship game the way that they're playing early on. I mean, Kalen DeBoer, I saw a stat. Uh, his last six years uh, as a part of a uh, a coaching staff, whether it be Eastern Michigan in 2016, then he went to Fresno State, was an OC there, then he went to Indiana, back to Fresno, now he's at Washington. I mean, he's just been tremendous, and the statistics and the and and that has followed. So that was a big takeaway for me. I think you know Washington is 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 pretty darn good, um, and then. You know, maybe we overreacted to Florida a little bit after week one. Yeah. Uh, you know, winning that game. Um, it was a, you know, a letdown spot or, you know, certainly for Florida after the loss and a look ahead potentially. And then I guess lastly, look, the USC offense is phenomenal, man. It, it, it really is. But if if people stayed up late and watched USC, I mean, I, I'll keep getting burned by them, but they're going to – this defense is going to get carved up. It might be this weekend, um, but their defense has a lot to be desired, and the the turnover margin just isn't sustainable. To be plus 10 in the turnover margin after three games is unbelievably – uh, unusual, and at some point there will be regression there. I think Jeff Tedford's a good football coach, but in a weird way, I've now watched Fresno play three times this year, and I know Hayner got hurt in, in that game, but I almost feel like, to your point about Washington, Fresno doesn't look as good as they did, and I know like, it's not the exact same team, but I don't know. I just think it's something with DeBoer. Like, I think he deserves some credit because Fresno hasn't looked bad but at the same time they did not look as sharp and as offensively explosive as they did under DeBoer yeah I agree um you know watching that game certainly it's hard to fully gauge what Fresno State is as a team uh when you lose your quarterback like Kalen DeBoer and I mean it's just such a enormous drop-off 
when you go from a guy who's probably going to play in the NFL in Kalen or uh, in uh, in Jake Hayner to you know no knock on Logan Fife, but I mean it's it's going to be a big drop off, especially at that level. I, I found the uh, the nugget that was pointed out on Twitter. So Kalen DeBoer last six years it was Eastern Michigan in 2016, Fresno State 17, 18, Indiana. 19. Those are all offensive coordinator roles. 2020 and 2021 was the head coach at Fresno, and then now he's the head coach at Washington. He is 53, 22, and one against the point spread. Now think is, about that. It's it's insane. That's Pitt, what that's Pittman esque. I mean, that is that is Sam Pittman esque. Unless you're playing Bobby Petrino. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Sam has done his work in the early portion of the schedule for us. He's yeah. had a couple of heroic covers. No one's perfect. Here, here. Well, you can, and you could tell. I mean, people were biting other people's noses off oh, yeah. after uh, not, you know, not having a cover there. Well, Tim, you mentioned Florida. <laughs> Maybe we overreacted. Is Tennessee eleven points better than Florida? What do you think of that line? <sighs> it. it... It's, I think this is the first time a double, it's been a double-digit spread. I, I can't remember how long, but it's been a while. In Tennessee's um, favor? Yeah. Oh, and, give me a second. You know, I think I thought I saw Brad Powers point out what the how long it's been. You know what's interesting is that Tennessee is being looked at in the eyes of odds makers and really have been the majority of this year as a top 10, almost fringe top five program. So, mm. yeah, I don't know if they're 11 points better. They've certainly shown that they're impressive, but uh, that's not a game that's certainly on my card. I'm not, you know, racing to lay 11. And, you know, when you look at what Tennessee has done so far this year, you know, they've taken care of business when they needed to, uh, you know, stomped Ball State, stomped Akron. And look, they were, you know, life and death there with Pittsburgh needing overtime against a good team. I'm not saying Pittsburgh's a, a bunch of bums, but so I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're 11 points yeah. better than Tennessee, especially in a rivalry game. So uh, certainly would be a, either a pass or look to the dog a little Dude, bit in that spot. Odd Shark doesn't even show it in their database right. that they've been <laughs> a double-digit favorite. Over Florida. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a... Tim, do you have someone who you've earmarked as like, okay, I don't know if this team's the third best team in the SEC, but I'd put my money on this team being the third best team in the SEC? It's either Tennessee or Kentucky. I think that's half, in my opinion, how you look at it right now. And with Rodriguez coming back in October, uh, that's a new element there. Um, you know, Stoops and company getting that win two weeks ago in Florida. Does it look a little watered down now? I guess I really don't like doing the revisionist history thing because we could go on for days. You know, technically Eastern Kentucky's better than Notre Dame because Eastern Kentucky beat Bowling Green, Bowling Green beat Marshall, Marshall beat Notre Dame. You know, we could do the the transitive property on on all of these uh, type of situations. But um, if looking at the SEC right now, I mean. I guess I would say Tennessee. Uh, you know, we have seen what a handful of conference games. I think Arkansas certainly has proved their weight. Um, you know, Texas A and M. There's so much to be desired offensively. I just can't put them up there yet. Ole Miss. I want to see Ole Miss tested. You know, uh, you know, this is a weird weekend for them. Um, you know, they they play Tulsa and. Waiting in the wings is Kentucky, so you could potentially look at this as a possible look-ahead spot. So there's this, there's a, still a lot to be sorted out, but if you're making me pick who I believe is the second-best team in the SEC as of this moment, I would probably lean 
Tennessee, but wouldn't feel ultra confident. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. I'll say Kentucky because they went on the road and they won by double digits against Florida. So as of right now, I'll say Kentucky. Uh, but man, there, there's so much to be played out left in that conference. Yeah, with, with Ole Miss, I think their defense is actually pretty good. And I know their two running backs are studs. I mean, their two running backs are NFL running backs. The problem is they've not played a team that can force them to throw the football and win. And with Jackson Dart being a young guy, he's he hasn't been Matt Corral, which, you know, Matt Corral wasn't Matt Corral for his first two years. I want to see that Kentucky game because I think Kentucky's at least going to make them have to throw, and I want to see if they can do it. I, I honestly don't – I'm not even ruling out that they could do it because I think Kiffin's that good offensively. But it, to me, like, until, until they play Kentucky, I, I still just don't know – but the, I want to go back to Arkansas because the Arkansas A&M game is interesting to me in the sense that the way that A&M plays, it feels like every game's going to be close. And last year, it was a physical game, and the final score, final score is a two-touchdown win for Arkansas. But the biggest difference was Arkansas got like three big explosive plays. My question right now is, can they do that again? Because... If they can, I don't really see how this game's all that much different than last year's. Yeah, and I think, you know, looking at it right now, you know, KJ Jefferson is has so much to do with this offense. You think back to that Cincinnati game and the way he played there. Uh, Hazelwood's a, a grown man. Uh, what an addition in a transfer portal to bring him over from Oklahoma. So I think they do have playmakers. But, you know, looking ahead, one step ahead, and I'm not saying it would be a letdown spot at all, but... You know, this game means so much, a rivalry game at Jerry's World uh, there in Arlington, Texas. And I do anticipate it to be an incredible physical war. How is Arkansas – now, Sam Pittman has a, has a way to get his team up for all these games, but I'm just thinking attrition-wise. Let's say Arkansas gets past this on Saturday, you know, against Texas A&M, which is certainly possible. I mean, you look at, you know, the odds. They're a two-point underdog in a neutral site. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's essentially a coin flip game, right? How is Arkansas going to turn around and play Alabama? I mean, that is – that's the gauntlet of the SEC. And, you know, that, that atmosphere, you know, in Fayetteville will be unbelievable, win or lose this weekend for the, for the Hogs. But, you know, I think the schedule actually works out well for Alabama because I do think, guys, Alabama is a bit susceptible. We talked about it last week. I mean, they were fortunate to get out against Texas. Uh, I still think they're – you know, the number two team in the country in my eyes, you know, behind Georgia. But I think that schedule is really tricky for Arkansas to turn around after what is going to be a, vis- a physical war. That's what Texas A&M is. I mean, look, they they don't have playmakers. I'm not a big Brad Johnson guy. I think they had to make that move. But, I mean, you look at what they've done offensively. It's been nothing. But we know that they have the guys up front to make you earn every yard on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, you look at a total there of 48 and a half, 48. I'm not a huge, you know, totals guy, but the way Texas A&M has been playing, you know, lately, especially offensively, I I would have to lean under in that one, you know, in Jerry's world. Well, and where Arkansas has been susceptible is the fact that they have gotten just decimated with injuries in their secondary. But that doesn't scream good matchup to me for A&M. Like, A&M wants to to be able to run it down your throat, and, and that really hasn't been the way to beat them. But when you mention that, that Bama game, that Bama game to me, I, I know it'll be different because it's home, but it feels like when Arkansas went to Georgia last year and they, they had a great 
you know, month to start the year. They beat in Texas. They beat in Texas A&M. They're, they're off to that hot start. That does strike me as where eventually, you know, clock strikes midnight when they play Alabama because of the secondary, as, as I mentioned. Yeah, and I think, you know, Bryce Young is, you know, just phenomenal. And when you – and look, last year, right, it was it was a similar situation. You bring it up. and They went to Georgia, but – this year they'll they'll get Bam at home, but what do they do the week prior? Physical game against Texas A and M. They beat Texas A and M, start four and zero, and then they lose thirty seven to nothing to Georgia. So, yeah, I, I that seems like a really tough spot. I love that it's at home for the Razorbacks, but yeah, I I would have a hard time envisioning you know them getting that game, especially you know taking on A and M this weekend. All right, Tim. I've got my bet of the year already. Uh-oh. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, normally, I'm like you. I I want, at least want to know where the public's money is. Like, I, I care about this, but this is one that I don't care. This has been like my bet of the year for the last three years in a row. I've got Clemson going, quote-unquote, on the road to Winston-Salem, where there will be, let's see, I think it holds like 35 there will be 20,000 Clemson fans. Mm-hmm. That slow mesh zone read against Clemson's defensive front, I've watched it three Brian years. Brian Greasy's or, return cor- game. Correct. Yeah. I've watched this three times in a row. The fact that you only have to lay seven with Clemson, like Clemson's offense is still not good, but it wasn't good last year either, and this was a no-sweater. Clemson laying seven is my bet of the year. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, I, I love Wake Forest and and what Clawson's been able to do down there and and the fact that Sam Hartman's back that's that's fantastic. You know, one of my biggest bet regrets of last weekend, I pointed it out, but I didn't end up taking the points with Liberty and you know, Liberty had a two-point conversion from winning that game at Wake Forest. Clear look ahead spot uh, obviously, but you're right. I mean, this is going to be a neutral site game at at worst, right? I mean, Look, I, I, this is no knock to uh, the the proud Demon Deacon fans mm-hmm. out there, but we know what Clemson is. And, you know, you guys just mentioned it. Brian Brissy coming back emotionally charged after, you know, tragically losing his uh, sister to cancer. Uh, what a moment that was last weekend, by the way. Uh, what a what a class act. It seems like Louisiana Tech and that program is to, uh, you know, to wear the Ella Strong shirts and, and to write notes to, to Brian Brissy and his family. But yeah, there's just there's just kind of that that mojo going. You know, the market's been interesting on this game. It opened seven, went down to six, back up to seven, touched eight, and now it's down, come to seven. So yeah, I feel like it's going to hang in that ballpark. I, I would be really surprised if Wake Forest gets it done. Um, you know, Wake Forest, what they made the conference championship last game last year, um, and Clemson still has a lot to be desired offensively. And I I think you know. Look, we're not in practice. I certainly think Cade Klubnik would would be a better uh, option, but we're not there every day. Um, but I do think that defense is just too much. Uh, you know, up front, trying to block that defensive line, good luck for Wake Forest. So, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree whatsoever uh, and certainly would lean towards uh, Clemson in that spot. Okay, we were afraid that the Beavers, or you, excuse me, were afraid that <laughs> I the, was. Be- that the were Beavers not. were in a look-ahead spot. I said you can't. You cannot disrespect Eastern Washington like that. Clear look-ahead spot for Montana State as well. (laughs) And they also didn't have their top four running backs. Well, it was just a bit of an issue. It didn't matter. They got 68 points scored on them. It was a terrible bet. They were saving them for Eastern Washington. The schedule is what matters. (laughs) But I'm with you on USC. I watched Stanford move the ball up and down the field. And, yes, Stanford turned it over. 
But one thing that I really like about Oregon State is they don't beat themselves. And I know you can't put a ton of stock into last year because of USC's roster is basically completely different. But the one thing that stood out to me about that game last year was Oregon State was able to line up, be physical with them, and run the football down their throats. This is kind of a spot where I like the Beavs. Oh, I, I agree. Uh, I was hoping to get some seven. Look, market's not dumb. Uh, they know they know how to set these games. It's six and a half. Hasn't touched seven yet. I've been staring at the board all week. Maybe it gets there because the public is firing away. They think that the bookmakers are wrong. And look, they've been correct. They were correct on Stanford uh, on USC against yep. Stanford, uh, and they were correct this past weekend against Fresno State. Both of those games, I talked to odds makers. Uh, throughout the week and on, on Friday, we always have Chris Andrews from the South Point uh, here in Las Vegas on our show. And we always talk about lopsided ticket counts, you know, reverse line movement, all of that stuff. And both of those ticket counts, I want to say on Friday, it was USC 7-1 to over Fresno State. Public wins. Previous week, similar number. Public won. They're going to do it again. Why wouldn't they? This team scores a ton of points. They're sexy to watch. Weird things happen in Corvallis. I'm Especially to USC. Weird things happen at nighttime in Corvallis. It's a night game. Nobody's going to be able to watch it because it's on the Pac-12 network. So, you know, get your uh, get your apps out because, you know, that's the way you're going to be able to see the scores here in that particular game. But T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.